know the why human trafficking work is needed, to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment, isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation episode 136, and today we have our own Anna Schramm. She organizes our massive global international human trafficking and social justice conference that we have every year in September. And so I invited her on today because we are accepting abstracts. So we're looking for people to present their wonderful knowledge and skills. And so I thought this might be helpful just to talk about, you know, abstract submissions and what are we looking for? And, you know, sometimes people don't even, if they're not in our world of academia, they don't even really understand what, what are you looking for in an abstract? What is an abstract? So Anna, welcome. And tell us what an abstract actually is. Hey, Celia, glad to be here. Glad to be back. Um, so an abstract, I actually in the past couple of years have gotten away from just using the term abstract because I think it is uh, very academic. And since our conference is so large and diverse, a lot of people, like you said, don't really know what an abstract is. Um, I, from my understanding, again, I'm also not like a researcher or a scholar, so I've never written my own abstract, but in my understanding, an abstract is kind of just a little summary of what you are going to be presenting on. You'll see abstracts for research papers, so it kind of gives a summary of all of the things they're going to talk about in that research article. So really, it's kind of just a summary of what your presentation is going to be about. There's some key things that we look for in this summary. Um, we can, we're going to talk about those a little later, but yeah, it sounds like a big scary term, but to me, it's kind of just let us know what you're going to be talking about. And, um, we like to have it in 250 words. Um, so that's like two paragraphs, two substantial paragraphs, um, of what you're going to be discussing. So that's what I think of an abstract, correct me if I'm wrong, Celia, but is that pretty much what you yeah. uh, think of it too? I Yeah. And I like that you say summary because summary, yeah, just makes it sound so much more understandable and doable because it's, you're just summarizing what you're going to talk about. And then you mentioned um, 250 words. Now, are, are we pretty strict on that or what? Um, if it's 251 or 255, that's totally, you know, totally fine. We do, you know, if it's 300 words, we might ask you to um, cut down on some of what you're saying. Um, but yeah, we do like to have it in that 250 words. So everybody's um, kind of has the same amount of space to talk about their summary. I know some people are really long winded. Uh, sometimes that's like me and I could go on and on about what I'm going to talk about. Um, but, you know, our attendees, because we do make our presentation summaries available for attendees when they're signing up for the conference. So we want it to be nice, short, and sweet on what you're going to talk about. 
so they can read it. They know what it's going to be about, what you're going to be talking about, what they're going to get out of it. And then they can decide if they want to choose that presentation. Now, on the flip side of that, I will say, try to use those 250 words as much as possible. Um, We will have some people that submit, you know, a couple sentences on what their presentation is going to be about. And um, though you might think that that's an accurate summary, because you know more about what you're going to be talking about, you're kind of that expert in that area. Not everybody knows what's going to be in that presentation. So the um, more detail you can give, the better within that 250 words. I want to break into this podcast and ask you an important question. Why did you become so passionate about the issue of human trafficking? Because you know how precious freedom really is. And you know that if you could offer that to someone else, it would make your life that much richer as well as theirs. Whatever you've accomplished thus far in life, nothing is more satisfying than being able to help someone receive the gift of freedom. If you're interested in taking the deep dive and becoming trained, write this down. It's my Effective Case Management with Human Trafficking Survivors course. You know, many direct service providers are passionate about working with survivors. They understand their why in doing this work, but many don't understand their what to do or how to do it or when to do it and where and how much to do what. And unfortunately, we don't give permission for someone to be honest and say they don't have the knowledge and skills to effectively work with a population of survivors that have suffered trauma. Well, I have a course on how to work directly with survivors, including the 10 common areas of need and how to assess those areas of need, and then how to intervene more effectively and in trauma-informed ways. Complete my course, Effective Case Management with Human Trafficking Survivors at your own pace. I'll walk alongside you as you walk alongside survivors, sharing with you my almost 30 years of experience. If you're interested, you can find my free webinar on my website at CeliaWilliamson.com. And now on with the podcast. Gives 250 words gives you enough time to say what you need to say. But Uh, It also squeezes you a little bit in that you can't use a lot of in and off then and just go around the mulberry bush. You really have to get to and it kind of helps you get very clear, very clear on what's important and what you want to present. And yes, we've had some abstracts that come in with just a few sentences and it's like, well, you need to say enough for your audience to be attracted to your session. They have to learn enough about, you know, the where, what, when, how, or uh, of what you're talking about so that they can make a judgment on whether they want to attend. So about how many people do we have regularly at the conference and how many states, countries are represented at our conference, do you think? Yeah, so this year is going to be our 19th annual conference. I can't believe it. We have been growing so much over the past several years, especially switching to the virtual format. So um, usually every year we have about um, 2,000 people who attend the conference during the course of that week. Um, We're hoping to continue to grow it this year. Our goal is 3,000. So um, 
hoping to continue to grow it. And so at, over the course of the 19 years, we have had um, people who've attended from all 50 states within the United States and from 47 countries around the world. So um, really looking to see those countries expand. I think it was in 2020, our 2020 conference was when we hit all of those 50 states. And that was such a huge year to finally get that goal. Um, and so now, moving on to the next goal is to get all of the countries to have attended the conference. So we're working our way up there. Yeah. If we get to 50 countries, mm-hmm. like we are 50 and 50, but, and then we will have hit a new high. So I think that would be cool. So if somebody wants to present and let's say, you know, they, they have, you know, a, a, a lived experience or something. They've they've lived through something. They've spent a long time or many years going through this something. They're in essence an expert in that area. Is can that person present, or what's the criteria for somebody to even submit an abstract to want to present? Yeah, that's a great question because we are, even though we are in academic conference in a way. We aren't just specifically about Oli or just about the academics of human trafficking. So we have such a diverse conference that yes, we do have those research presentations on the most cutting edge, most recent research um, that's being done on human trafficking, but we also have um, survivors and thrivers who come and tell their story or uh, thrivers who will come and tell us about what they're doing now that they have gotten out of the life and are living their best life. Um, We have people who have started programs across the world um, who will come and tell us Um, what type of program they started, what their lessons learned, um, what went well, what they would suggest to change. So then people in different parts of the world can start that same program. We've had people who will come um, and talk about legislation that they uh, are working on. They've either passed or, um, you know, just to give recommendations on, again, people in other parts of the world to implement new legislation um, or people in the healthcare setting will come and talk about protocol that their specific hospital hospital system has worked on. So yeah, expertise, qualifications, um, you know, some of those more academic presentations of the research, you know, we're looking for you to have that research experience, you know, have some of those degrees, but also you can, like you said, be an expert if you have a lived experience, um, if you have been working for, you know, decades in direct service in the community, or, you know, you're a lawyer and you have expertise working, you know, in human trafficking field. So um, we take a lot of things into account when we're looking at the qualifications. That's why we also ask um, outside of the summary that people give um, for about a 50 word bio. And so that can, you know, usually that's between three to four sentences. And in those sentences, again, I know it's really small, um, but we want to know what you've done to make you um, that qualifies you as an expert in that field. So, you know, whether that's lived experience, whether that's your work in the community, whether that's research uh, you've completed, we want to know what makes you qualified to talk about that subject. And I think it's important that people understand their lane. Mm -hmm. So we also get 
people who submit abstracts all the time and they may have qualifications in one area and they're talking or they want to talk about something they're not qualified to talk about. So, um, you know, I would suggest understand what your expertise is and talk Mm -hmm. about that. So to people with lived experience, talk about your lived experience. We've had, you know, former traffickers want to talk about the victim's experience. Like that, that's, that's highly inappropriate. That's, you talk about your experience, that would be most appropriate. Or somebody who is, um, you know, um, a pastor wanting to present on the, the, the changes in the brain. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not your lane. So uh, just be very cautious, I would say, on what you want to present. But then we don't really, um, when we select abstracts, Talk about the selection process. Yeah. Um, before getting into that, I did want to one quick yeah. thing on what you had just said um, about like staying in your lane. One of my the my favorite types of presentations at the conference are presentations that include uh, more than one presenter. So having a panel of a couple people. So if there is a topic that you are, you know, wanting to talk on, you know, talk about like, you know, changes in the brain and trauma, um, you have um, a survivor who's gone through that trauma. You have a direct service provider who has worked with that survivor, worked with people who've experienced trauma and maybe brain injuries. And then you have a healthcare provider and a doctor who um, actually knows the chemistry of what happens in the brain when it changes. So, you know, you can, that's just one example, but you talk about one topic and then you have these perspectives from all different areas to kind of give you just like a rounded um, picture of what's going on. So those are my favorite types of presentations that, you know, have all of these experiences from all these different expertises to kind you know, to give you Mm -hmm. that. So we do accept, you know, you don't just have to do one presenter for one topic, you know, if you have a couple of presenters, I think the largest we've had is a group of up to six. Um, so you just have to keep in mind that you won't be able to talk as long if you have six other people talking with you, but, um, you know, having, you know, one, two, three other people to talk with you, um, is really good, but getting onto your question of, you know, the selection process. So we do have a form on our website that's traffickingconference.com you go to and you fill out our form. And then we have a global review team who reviews all of our presentations. Um, We have three people review each presentation. So um, if one reviewer happens to have a bias on something or one uh, reviewer happens to not maybe know as much about what you're talking about, we have three different people who are reviewing each thing and they are looking at a couple different criteria and um we have three different types of presentations that you can submit for one is the narrative presentation and so that you know kind of sounds like you're telling your story so this usually falls in line with a survivor or thriver who is coming to tell their story about their trafficking experience, what happened, how they got out of that, and you know what they're doing with their life now. So we have those narrative ones, and so there's things that they're looking at for that. Then we have um, the program and concept uh, presentation, and so this is usually 
the presentations that are like, I'm going to talk about a program that I have created. I'm going to talk about legislation. I'm going to talk about um, human trafficking in the healthcare setting, or I'm going to talk about a concept like what is, you know, let's talk about male trafficking or trafficking among the LGBTQ population because they're at high risk. So it's kind of like a concept. You haven't done the research on it, but you have that expertise of, you know, working with the LGBTQ population for the past 20 years or something like that. Um, And so they're looking for specific things for that. And then we have our, you know, traditional research presentation submissions. And, you know, that's where you've conducted a research study and you want to present on your findings. So we're looking for, you know, the, your research question, your methods, your uh, findings, your conclusions. So um, those three different types of presentations, we have things we're looking for in each. Our reviewers look at those and then they can decide. Um, they have three different um decisions they could possibly make. One is to accept it as is. It's a perfect uh, submission. They did a great job. Um, The second is to revise and resubmit, which is usually the majority of our presentations. There's maybe something you forgot. Um, Maybe, like I said, it was those couple sentence submissions that you just need a little bit more detail on what you're going to be talking about. Um, So we ask you to send us those updates. And then um, once you send us those, and you're usually more often than not accepted to be a presenter, and then the last one is decline and eat, you know, we have very few declines. Again, usually it's maybe you're out of your lane presenting on something that you um, shouldn't be. Maybe your research, um, we've had a couple that they haven't conducted the research yet. So the research is in those beginning stages. We usually ask them to like come back once the research has been completed so we can find the findings. Um, so those are those are the three things we either they can either accept it as is, revise and resubmit, or decline. Yeah, I think some of the ones that you know we've declined in the past have been, you know, a survivor speaking about their experience, but they feel like they they feel pressured to go and talk about some statistical facts or something like that. And it's not necessary. You're talking about your narrative, your experience, or people that talk about their program, but it hasn't happened yet. This Mm -hmm. is something I'm going to do. Okay. That's not a program. That's a dream. Uh, We love dreams, but (laughs) we love dreams, but uh, we'll wait until those dreams uh, become reality. And then, you know, the research, this is what I'm going to do again. It's a dream might even be a plan, but until you have some preliminary findings or some findings, then you really, there's not much to talk about. So you talked about three different areas. There's a lot of information. Is there a place they can go on our website and and find this information, like how to present a a good abstract or what, you know, what they should be doing? Yeah, it is a lot of information. And if you're not taking notes, which I hope you're not taking notes, maybe you're out enjoying a walk or driving in the car. But um, so you can go to our website, which is traffickingconference.com. 
you'll see on our main page, we have a button that is to submit, uh, submit to present at the conference. If you click on that, it'll take you to our present page. And we have created a guidelines document that contains all of this information that we're talking about today and even more. It goes step-by-step step through everything that is on the submission application, what we're asking for. Um, it also gives some example summary submissions um, for each of those three different kinds, an example narrative one, an example program concept one, an example research. So you can kind of see what the, not ideal is the wrong word, but kind of what the average submission or what we're looking for to be accepted, um, no revise and submit, but just fully accepted what we're looking for in each of those three categories. So yep, if you go traffickingconference.com, and then you can click on the submit to present at the conference. And we have a submissions guidelines document on that page that you can review. Now, how many people uh, do we typically select and how many how many abstract submissions do we get on average? Yeah, and it does change um, year to year on how many we are able to accept. Now that we are virtual, we have been able to accept um, several more because we're not contained by physical space and how many rooms that we can have breakout sessions. So um, now that we're virtual, we have about a hundred that we, last year we accepted a hundred and I'm assuming this year will probably be around the same. Um, and we have gotten anywhere between 120 to 180 presentation submissions. So, um, yeah, it is a hard, hard decisions when we're having to narrow them down on who can who can present. But ones that we have declined, I'm trying to think of um, because since we do have to decline some ones that are similar to each other. So we've had, you know, people can submit more than one presentation summary. So they have a couple things they want to talk about. So maybe one of your presentations is a little bit stronger than the other. Or maybe we think our conference attendees will find it um, more interesting or relevant. We'll accept that one and not the other. Um, maybe we have had a presentation like that last year and we're looking for something a bit uh, different. I mean, we have definitely had presentations that are similar from year to year, but we're always looking for the newest um, information. So that may be a reason why something is declined. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's always, always hard decisions when it comes down to the to selecting. I know because there are so many good ones that come in. I think being able to stick to the 250 word limit uh, mm -hmm. The 50 word bio. I mean, those are all really great starts. And then having something perhaps, you know, a little bit more than human trafficking 101, because some mm -hmm. our audience is pretty sophisticated. And um, but you do break those presentations down by, you know, telling the audience if they're great for beginners, um, 
what's the middle and the advanced? Do you just call it moderate, moderate or intermediate? Yeah. So when you are submitting your um, presentation summary, you will choose at the end um, if it's suitable for beginners, for intermediate knowledge level or for advanced knowledge level. And then that helps us kind of place because we don't want to have all beginner topics or all advanced topics because we do have a variety of people who are attending the conference. So if you are going to include HT 101 or basic information, then you should be selecting that beginner level because people who are in intermediate or advanced, they don't want to sit through a presentation where they're learning what human trafficking is and the basic statistics. Um, And I I would even go as far as to say, don't submit human trafficking 101. (laughs) (laughs) Basic human trafficking 101, we do have um, the co-chairs of our education committee on the Lucas County Human Trafficking Coalition. They always do a human trafficking 101 every year at our conference on the very first session of the very first day for anybody who wants to kind of get up to speed with everyone else. So we already have HT 101 covered, but you know, I know some presentations do need to have like a background on human trafficking. And if you want it to be geared more towards um, those beginner levels. Just make sure you include that because, mm-hmm. yeah, those people who've been in the field for possibly longer than the presenters may not want to sit through uh, you telling them what human trafficking is. Yeah. And I think there are plenty of b- beginning topics that kind of are offshoots of that. Mm-hmm. Would, that would be very relevant. So talk a little bit about the social justice side of the house because the human tra- it's a human trafficking and social justice conference. So talk a little bit about the social justice side. Yeah, that is a really good point that we are trying to get out there more because people do typically think of us as a human trafficking only conference, but we are the International Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference. So we will take topics on social justice aspects as well. And we know that a lot of um, social justice topics are uh, intertwined with trafficking. So, you know, it does, it is all relevant to each other. So some of the topics on social justice that we've had in the past has been on like racism and Black Lives Matter. We've had um, people talk about implicit uh, bias. We've had people talk about the LGBTQ community. Um, We've had people talk about um, access to healthcare and, um, We've had people talk about also environmental justice and um, how that relates to social justice, which I find that very interesting. Um, We've had people talk about the uh, prison pipeline and incarceration rates. Um, Those are always uh, really interesting sessions, too. So lots of sessions that are about social justice. So, you know, if maybe you are listening to this and you're in a social justice field, not necessarily doing work on human trafficking specifically, but you think you have something that you want to uh, share at a conference, I definitely encourage you to submit um, a presentation for this conference um, because it will um, be very needed and will get, uh, I think, to a lot of people who also need to hear it. So, yeah. And I think even, even if your session gets rejected this year, um, you know, sub- consider submitting it next year again. It just, it might be, you know, if this is your first submission, it might just be the way you wrote it, or it might just be, you know, you didn't really make yourself clear or whatever it is, but 
And if this is your first time submitting anything, I mean, don't just submit to our uh, conference. Um, mm-hmm. Start your presentation-focused career and submit to other conferences as well. Our presenters that come and present, um, many conferences charge you to come and present. Our conference, what do we do? We do not charge you to come and present. That's right. We <laughs> give you, um, yeah, free admission to our three-day conference. So uh, you can present at your session, but then you are able to attend the rest of the entire three-day conference. Um, you also can get those continuing education credits for free as a presenter. Um, and so it's around a $200 value that um, for that registration cost that you are able to just attend our conference free of charge for presenting. And what continuing education credits do you go after each year? Oh man, it's uh it's about 10. So I got to count them on my hand. So I know it's a uh, social work counseling, marriage and family therapy, chemical dependency, occupational therapy, public health, health education, department of developmental disabilities, nursing and legal. Wow. I can't believe you just pulled that out of the air. Like that. I did. I've, I've said it many times. I've written it many times. If I can count on my hands, then yeah, I, I can get it. <laughs> wow. And you know, our conference as well, um, many conferences are five, six, $800. Our conference is $200. Do not let the price confuse you with quality. We mm-hmm. try to keep the price as low as possible. We're inching up a little bit almost every year just to cover costs, but don't let that confuse you with the quality of the conference because we would hold our conference up to any human trafficking focused conference and actually believe ours is better and of higher quality and more diverse. So our conference, we often say you can come, three different people can come to our conference and each go to a very different conference. Mm -hmm. So how do you explain that? Yeah. So because we have so many types of presentations and because we have so many presentations happening at the same time, um, I think last year we had like nine breakout sessions happening each hour. Um, Again, about, you know, somebody could attend all research focused uh, presentations and come away with just a very research conference. Somebody could attend all survivor stories and just hear about survivors' experiences. Um, again, with healthcare, law enforcement, and legal about programming and um, direct service providers, the latest things on, you know, counseling and social work and trauma informed therapy. We have many presentations on that. So, you can get a little mix of everything or you can, you know, stay in that track on research. We're hoping to have a occupational therapy track this year with uh, all sessions every hour focused on occupational therapy. So yeah, you can really uh, attend a very different conference from your coworker, your neighbor, the person across the country, but um, that's what makes our conference unique and um, innovative and really exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, when we do charge you the money, if you decide not to present, uh, we'll happily take your money and we hope you happily give it because our uh, our proceeds go to support continued research. We help our local coalition, anti-trafficking coalition. So really no one is um, putting this money in their pocket. Really, it's going back into the work and the research. So so let's say I do. 
I'm brave enough or I feel like I want to spend time with my uh, nation and I submit an abstract and I'm selected, how long do you expect me to present and how does that work? Yes, another great question. So all of our presentations at the conference are one-hour breakout sessions. Um, We don't have any keynote speakers. We don't have any like three-hour block workshops. Um, All of it is one-hour breakout sessions. So we typically ask our presenters to talk for about 45 minutes. Um, So then that can leave about 10 to 15 minutes for questions at the end, because I think that's a important part of any conference just to have that discussion, especially in a virtual format, to have that discussion and question time. So um, that's another reason why some presentations do get declined because they are specifically looking for an hour and a half session. Um, We can ask them to cut it down to an hour, but, um, you know, if that's their workshop, then we're not able to accommodate that. Um, If you do have, we have worked with people, if you do have like a two hour uh, workshop that you really want to present at this conference, um, I ask that you split it up into part one and part two. So then you can do part one for that first hour And then you can do part two in that second hour. Um, So we are, you know, uh, flexible when it comes to that. We'll just like break it down into different hour session segments. Um, But yeah, so it's all it's all just a one hour breakout session. So who's my audience if I were to present? Mm -hmm. So uh, we have more even more of a diverse audience than we do our presenters. So we have those other researchers in the audience, um, other healthcare workers, law enforcement, legal professionals, uh, direct service providers, counselors, uh, other survivors, students, um, professors, even community members who are just wanting to learn more. So um, some of some or all may be in your session. Um, Outside of selecting the knowledge level that people, so if it's beginner, intermediate, or advanced, we do ask you to choose um, kind of like what topic area um, your session is about. So then that can help the people who are um, choosing their sessions know, okay, if I'm a direct service provider, I probably want to go to more of the direct service type of presentation. So um, we ask you to select about one to two different topics um, that your session is about, and you'll see those on that submission form. So then, you know, it's geared towards those people who are, um, you know, fallen under that topic. And now if I'm not really tech savvy, like, you know, this conference is virtual. And if that makes me nervous, like what, what can we do to help someone who's not really tech savvy? Yeah, we are definitely here to help you. Um, I have created many how-to documents and how-to videos step-by-step of what you need to do. So I think really the only requirement for the conference is having access to a computer and access to internet where you're able, you don't even have to have a video on your camera if you don't want to. I do suggest it because it is more um, interactive and the audience is able to connect with you if they can see your face. But just if you have like the audio on your uh, computer that you can, we can hear your voice and then access to the internet, I can basically help you from there. And um we are yeah, here to help and guide you in that process. A lot of people, they'll use PowerPoint 
and then they'll talk through the PowerPoint slides. It kind of helps them stay on track and their faces there sort of in the corner and that sort of thing. And so we have moderators in the room with our presenters. What do the moderators do? Yeah, so each breakout session at the conference has two volunteers in it. Uh, We have somebody in the background who is helping field questions and make sure that the tech is, fingers crossed, running smoothly. Um, And then we have a moderator who will introduce the speakers to the audience. They read that 50-word bio that you submit. So again, that's why it's important. Um, So then the audience also can uh, hear and read about you. Um, And then... They are the ones to kind of lead the session. We have the um, presenters pre-record their sessions, um, and that is a whole thing that we will also walk you through if you are selected to be a presenter. Um, So our moderator will play that video, and then um, they will help field questions at the end. They will ask you any questions that have come through and um, kind of just be there for you to be your MC. That's awesome. So if I have any like specific questions, how do I reach out to the conference to get my questions answered? Mm-hmm. Um, so email us at traffickingconference at gmail.com. Um, and I can answer any of the questions that you have. So pretty easy. There is a form on our website. So if you're already on our website, there's a con us form. Um, but you can also email me at traffickingconference at gmail.com. And the most important question, if somebody is considering submitting an abstract, what's the deadline? Yes, uh, the deadline is the end of this month, uh, March 31st. Um, I will say at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So that is when it cuts off. So if you're in a different time zone or listening from halfway across the world, it is March 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. All right. Anything else you want to add, Anna? Um, I think just a couple more tips for maybe people who are submitting an abstract to make it the just what exactly we're looking for is um, to include in-text citations. Um, I've heard from other people who have submitted to present that different conferences do it differently. Some people don't want any in-text citations. We do ask for in-text citations because we want to know that um, what you're talking about has been backed up by other people or other research that's been done. Um, Don't just throw out a statistic or an opinion that's not based in fact. Um, That is when your submission will be declined if it's all opinion and no work has been done on it. Um, So including those in-text citations and then at the end, including some sort of um, recommendation or call to action for the attendees. Um, We're just not here just to learn. Um, We are here to do and act. So um, most of the work of the conference gets done when the conference is over. So um, we really want to inspire our attendees to go out and do something after. So there's recommendations or call to action at the end. Those two things, um, I think are really important and make a submission a good one. All right. So you heard it from Anna Schramm and uh, we don't just sit around. We have to do so put some call to action into your abstract. And we hope that you'll consider presenting or if you're not ready to present this year, 
consider attending and learning from all the wonderful presenters that we're going to have at the conference. It's in September. And what's the website again, Anna? Traffickingconference.com. All right. So we will see you and you'll be there and we'll be all together as the nation in September. So until next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something. Let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.